every time. worship tonight. We're just going to go ahead and go ahead and get in the word, get into worship before Jonathan brings the word. Not going to go over announcements, but the one thing I did want to mention was that we had a bunch of ladies that are volunteered to help clean this week over at the parsonage. So we wanted to thank, thank all of you guys that are going to help with that. And I'm sure if you haven't yet and you still want to, they will appreciate the help. So if y'all want to go ahead and get on your feet, we're going to go ahead and start worship. Father, we just want to thank you. Go ahead, Dennis. We just want to thank you, Father, for the opportunity to come into your house, God. We thank you once again, Father, for your presence, God. We do not want to take it for granted, God, that you are here every single time we walk in the door, God. With new mercies, new miracles to perform, Father. Father, we anticipate a great move tonight. Holy Spirit, have your way in this house. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.
yesterday, last week, or as far back as we can remember, he's still got to work in our life. Father, we just release ourselves to you tonight, God. Father, finish what you started, Lord. Father, keep us on the right path, Father. 
Father, guide our steps as we go through the days, Lord.
sons and the daughters. Let us sing of freedom. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love. You rescued me so I could stand and sing. I am a child. of the Most High God. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for choosing us. because we're the sons and daughters of the King. And we have a destiny. Father, thank you. It kind of sets different when you think about it. That we are royalty. Father, thank you. Thank you for the sacrifices, God, that you made for us, the ultimate sacrifice. The song we just said, from our mother's womb, he had already chosen us. But I need to be reminded 
you, Father, for your word. Thank you, God, for your presence. What an honor it is for him to come and speak to us. Father, we just want to stand on those words, God, tonight. Y'all just play that last, that last song just one more time. Just go to the chorus. Just go to the chorus. Father, we thank you, God, for confirmation, God, for more. our praises sing to you, God, that you were listening to us, God. And you gave us the word, Father, that you knew we needed for this time, God, in this moment, in this auditorium, God. Father, I pray that everybody here will receive those words, God, as a promise, Father. The interpretation of your word, God, it was filled with so many promises, God. Not that you might or not that you'll think about it, but that you are and that you will, Father. Father, we thank you tonight for speaking to us, to being in this room with us, God. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to sing that chorus one more time. Maybe more than once. I don't know. just depends on how the flow goes. Jonathan, any time that you're ready, but we're just going to sing it a few more times. this in our spirit. It goes along with what he spoke to us. So this is almost a prayer, a declaration of his word back to him. Thank you, Jesus, that he can't take away what we have. He can't take away that relationship that we have with him. He can't take away that fathership that he has to us. He's protecting us. He has us in his hands. Oh, Father, bow your heads in prayer with me. Father, thank you for taking care of us. Father God, thank you for holding us in your hands. Father, thank you for being a father to us. 
Thank you for being a genuine Father that loves us and that holds us, Father, that natures us, Father God, that nurtures us. Oh, Father, I pray that you'll touch his message. Father God, I pray that it would not be me, Father God, but I pray that you would move through it. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would move in this place and it would touch hearts and change lives, Father. Oh, in your name, Jesus, in your name, amen. God's, God's voice is just so beautiful. And he knows, he knows everything that's going to happen because he's pretty much just talked about what I was going to talk about tonight. It's pretty crazy. It's, it's just amazing how he just flows in. How he just, oh my goodness. That's what I, tonight I want to talk about with the title of my message is Having Faith Through the Storm. Having faith through the storm. We're going to be in um, chapter 4 of Mark, um, reading verse 35 through 41. I'll take you, let y'all, give y'all some time to get to that. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Okay. On that day, when the evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took, him, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in, in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and sea obey him? Storms, they're a part of life. And they come out of nowhere. We don't see them coming. We have big storms, little storms, storms every day. Things that we walk through and they usually come when we least expect it. it when we look at the storm that the disciples were in, they didn't expect it. The Bible doesn't say, let us go through the storm over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. It doesn't say that. No, they didn't see it coming. They didn't know it was going to come. They didn't have, they didn't know at all. But, and they were surprised to come upon the storm. They were shocked. They didn't see it coming. It, that's how we run into these storms. When you run into a storm in your life, you don't see it coming. If it's a good storm, you don't see it coming. It hits you straight on the face, and you get knocked down on the ground, and you, you go into panic mode. Really, that's what we do. We go into panic mode. When we hit this storm, it, this storm could be anything. A big storm could be like being diagnosed with an illness or losing a loved one or maybe some unexpected bills coming in the mail. Those are examples of huge storms. And then there's our everyday storms, like you made an error at work, and your boss screamed at you for 20 minutes. And then your kid started to give you some trouble at school or maybe even at home. My mom can testify. <laughs> or maybe you just heard one of your friends or coworkers talk behind your back. That hurts. Maybe you were walking by and they said some mean things. And you're trying your best at work. You're trying your best. And they talked about what that boss said. And they affirmed it. And they affirmed it in your heart, and that storm got worse around you. And then you got the bigger storm, that lost loved one, and you feel, don't feel love because you lost that person. And you're hanging on to what they left. 
when these big storms hit, it's like we try to automatically, immediately try to solve it. We try to solve it ourselves and go into battle with the storms. Do you have to know the disciples did this? Peter, James, John, Andrew, they all grew up in the fishing industry. They've been in a boat with a storm before. This wasn't new territory. This was something they've done before. You know that they saw this storm start to rise up. They started yelling at each other. They started telling him, hey, do this, do that. I don't know boat commands, but they were saying stuff like that. They were saying, do this, grab that rope. I really don't know what they said. I don't know how sailboats work. But they were going in full control. They knew what was going on. They were like me and my dad trying to diagnose a problem with a car. And then it wasn't working, just like me and my dad trying to diagnose a problem with a car. <laughs> and then it gets you frustrated. It gets you frustrated. It gets you in this zone where you're just mad and you're yelling at each other. And then we do the same thing where we think, well, okay, then I'll try this. I'll try this. This will work. Then I'll try this. And well, that didn't work. Well, I'll try this. And this should work because this, this is the way this is the work last time. So surely it works this time. It, we go into this full motion where we keep on trying to work and do things in our own power. And we just keep trying and trying, but it seems to always fail. When we're battling a storm and nothing seems like it's working and the waves keep crashing down on us and, and the boat's filling and it, we have this idea sometimes that maybe God's not with us. Maybe we've fallen out of the will of the Father. Maybe we've fallen out of his love. Maybe we've fallen out of his control. And that's just not true. That Even the disciples could have thought that too, but... Who's the person that said, let's go over to the other side? Jesus, you were following his direction. It's okay to go through a storm. You're going to hit, you're going to go through storms. This Christian life, we're going to go through many storms. There's a target on our back when we walk out of here. And there's going to be storms heading right for us, trying to, just trying to destroy us. These storms will come for you, whether you are in line with God or not. And I'm going to tell you, it's better to be in line with the Father so you have someone to lean on. The sad thing is, is when these storms come, we tend to fall into the same questions that the disciple had, which leads me to my second point, which is getting lost in the storm. The question that the disciples had was in verse 38. But he was in the stern asleep on the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care? Do you not care that we're perishing? We can get so caught up in the storm. We can get so caught up in the wind and the waves that we just start to look up and just start to say these very dangerous questions to God. Do you even care? Are you watching me? Are you looking after me? Are you taking care of me? What, what, where'd I go wrong? What? Do you even care at all? We can throw all these dangerous questions at them because we've been acting at our own, in, uh, no, sorry, excuse me. We've been acting in our own power and not his but we think we've been acting in the normal power. We don't think that we haven't asked him anything. We think we've tricked our own minds into thinking that, well, if I can't do it, then that means he's left me. If I, because we haven't stopped and asked him what to do yet. We're just automatically acting out of our own, ambi our own ambition. Instead of seeing what we've, that we've been working in our own power, and we see that we think that he can't handle it. We get this view of the, the problem is so close right before us that we look up and we think he's too far away. 
Now, even the disciples, they had their doubt in this moment. You know that when, this, when, the, when the floods were coming, when the waves were crashing, you know some of those disciples in the back of their head like, this is happening, he's asleep? He's asleep? Why do you think they said, why do you not care that we're perishing? He was asleep. They've, they've lost that trust in him, though. They've lost that faith that he was in control. And that led to <clears throat> verse 39, which we see all this in action. The whole situation change in which he said he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm, which is such a beautiful scene to imagine. Just like that, all these towering waves fall and nothing calmness. Think about it. The only person that was in there, he pro- I don't know if he went on the top of the boat and it all happened at one time. Those people probably strolling to trying to get lines and trying to get these ropes and trying to direct things and bang, finished. And they're puzzled because how, how, could, this, how could something so miraculous happen? It's such a beautiful scene to imagine. Do you know that God has the power to stop the storm? Our God is mighty. He's the almighty. He's king of kings. He can do anything. It's just we got to go to him first. This, the, everything was silent in that moment. It was calm. Everyone was puzzled. Everyone was looking around. And the thing that broke that silence, we see in verse 40, it was Jesus. And he said, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Why are we so afraid? Why are we so scared of the wind and the waves? Why... Why do we fall into this? Why have we lost our faith? Have we lost what he gave us? Have we lost that trust in him? We have the evidence. When Jesus said this to the disciples, he knew that they have seen so many, many miracles. They've seen miracles of him healing people, him casting out the demonic. They've seen his power. The disciples, by now, they've seen all of this, and yet they fell into the same thing of, oh gosh, what's going to happen? See, they had all the evidence to have faith and to take care of that faith. They had all the evidence that God's going to take care of them. But instead, they got lost in the moment. They got lost in that storm, and they got scared, just like we do. Just like we, when the storm comes up, we start to run around like headless chickens just trying to figure it out with all of our self-ambition that we can do it. We got control of it. We can do it. We're strong enough. We can do this. And we forget to go to him. Just like the disciples, we have so much evidence in front of us. We have so many accounts. We have the word, the word of God that tells us that we're going to be okay. That he's working all things for our good. That he's in total control. So why do we lose that faith during the storm? Which leads me to my third point, which is having faith through the storm. The storm, it's a hard place. And it can be so hard to hold on to your faith. And faith, even just the word, can be kind of hard to define. I used to mix it up with belief. I was really bad about that. And what really the definition is just complete trust or confidence. So to have faith, you must have complete trust in God complete confidence. That's why God, when he said the little mustard seed, you just got to trust him a little bit. 
Just put a little bit of your trust and not try to direct everything out of your own self, out of your own power. Just trust him a little bit. Just let him reach out to him a little bit because he's going to be there. He's trying to hold you. Why are we running away? When the storms start to raise and that shadow of darkness casts a, just a shadow onto us it, and the waves crash, we just lose that trust. We just go into panic. And that's when we fall out of our faith that God is in total control. And we start to run around and just try to do everything in our own power. We go crazy instead of looking up and asking for direction. Leaving him looking down on us, just saying, no, no, please. Just push your trust in me. Let me empower you. Let me develop you. Let me use this situation. Let me hold you. But we turn and we run away trying to figure it out on our own, trying to lean on our own understanding. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. We should have joy through the storm. That's something hard to have. When that, when, that, when that sickness hits, when those bills come in, it's hard to keep that joy. It's hard. Yeah. The storm, it's a trial. It's a trial of our faith. It's a test. Yeah. Yeah. Yet we fail it almost every time because we get so worried. We get so stuck up into it that we don't remember that he has us. He has us. He's holding us in our arms. Do we have enough faith in the King of Kings that he's going to work everything out? Do we have enough faith that he's going to do the things for good and he's going to use it to develop us? He just wants to develop us through the storm. The storm, he can develop us and mature us. That's how you grow. You grow through being stretched. These situations, leaning on him, you know that if you can lean on him, you can lean on him in this next situation. And then the next situation, then the next situation until you're growing and growing and developing into what the verse says, which is just mature, complete Christians. Mature, knowing that he has our back, that he's not going to let us go, that he's holding on. Now, when we put that faith into action, there might not be a peace be still moment. It might not be an automatic calm. We might have to weather a storm. And that doesn't mean that you don't have enough faith. No, that doesn't. If we look in um, Acts 27, that whole story, that whole chapter talks about Paul. And Paul, he's a man known for faith. Yet he was in a storm. He was in a storm when they were trying to, um, I think he was a prisoner. And they were moving him from Crete to Phoenix. And he was in this horrible storm and he even seen an angel that was directing him. But the storm didn't stop. The peace be still moment didn't happen, but he knew that he had enough faith that he could trust God that he was going to deliver him to the next place, that he was going to continue in that plan. See, Paul had so much trust because he, he was a prisoner almost half his life, it seemed like, going to Roman cells and going. And yet he kept that joy through that storm. Through all those storms, he knew that God was in total control and that God was going to continue to use him as a missionary to spread the gospel. In this story, there was no peace be still moment. And that might not be in our, we might have a peace be still moment. 
we might see that automatic calm. I know usually it's in our spirit. We sense that, no, no, it's going to be all right. God's got this. God's got this. We, when we're that close to God, you know that he has total control, and he's not going to let you go. We need to know that we can cling on to our faith in the Father and trust that he is working everything for our good throughout the storm, and he's developing us. He's working on us. He, we need to know that he's just wanting us to be a better child. He's just trying to develop us to be a better child of God. Then at the end of the storm, we get to see how truly amazing our God is. He will show us the victory that ha we have through that storm, how he was working through that storm. <clears throat> and we see this in the disciples in verse 41. And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, then who then is this that even the wind and sea obey him? When I would read this story, I would kind of just roll over that. I didn't really think about it. And they, when they said fear, they did not mean scared. No, they were meaning in reverence because they've seen just what happened. And you see, throughout their lives and throughout the whole Old Testament, they've seen people cast out demons. And they've seen people get healed miraculously. That was a thing. They've seen this before. And they knew that that's happened. They've seen prophets, priests do these things. But there's only one thing they've never seen before, but only by one person has been able to do it. There's only one person that's the creator. The creator's the only person ever to have power over nature. And they connected those dots quick that even the wind and sea obey him. And they knew in that moment, that's why they were in such reverence of God. They knew that he was the Messiah, that he was the one sent, that he was here for a reason. They knew that they, he was in total control of the whole situation, that he was the son of God. They, had, they knew this was total evidence. This was total truth. And that's how we see in our storms. In our storms, when we get through it, we, we look back and we see how God's been moving and God's been touching and God's been using our storm to touch other people's lives. We see how God's been directing us through the whole thing and he hasn't left us out to dry. Dennis, if you'd like to come up. God's going to develop us through the storm. Yeah. And we're going to see more of his truth and divine power through that storm. It's going to be hard. And we're going to have to weather it just like Paul. But he has a total, has us in his arms. Just like he said, literally right just then. He has us in his arms. He has total control. He hasn't left us. He's our father, and he loves us so much. He doesn't want to let us down. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to let us go. That's why we need, when we see these storms, we have to look up to him. We have to look direction from him and not look at our own selfish ambition of just trying to fix the, the, fix the thing, the problem, under our own power because we think we can do it. Maybe you're here tonight. Maybe you're here and you've been in a brutal storm. You've been going through some things and, and you've had nobody to put your trust in. And you've had no one to lean on in this struggle. If everyone would bow their heads and close their eyes with me. Maybe you're here tonight and you've been dealing with it on your own. I just want to tell you that there's somebody you can put your trust in. 
And that's somebody I'm talking about is Jesus. He loves you so much. He wants to help you weather that storm. He wants to give you direction through it. And most importantly, he wants to hold you with his everlasting love. He just wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have that father-son relationship. He wants to have that genuine relationship that he can hold you in his arms and take care of you. And he's waiting right behind you. He's not far from you. He's reaching out his hand. It's just me and you in the room tonight. No one's looking around. If that's you, and you would like to enter in this relationship with Christ, would you raise your hand? No one's looking. It's just me and you. If everyone would like to stand with me. Maybe you've been struggling through a storm and you've lost your faith and trust in God that you've tried to solve it your own way. You've tried to take care of it in your own power. Jesus is here for you too. He wants to reestablish that trust. He wants to reestablish your faith. He wants to have that faith restoration process with you. And it's so easy. You just have to talk to him. He wants to talk about it. He wants to develop you into a new creation, into a new child of God. He wants to help you restore that trust that you once had. If that's you, we're going to go into a prayer time, an altar time. Um, you can make you can make an altar where you're at or come down to the altars to pray. But please just take some time to spend with God. Take some time to to reestablish that trust in your life.
Jonathan did it again. You did a great job, Jonathan. We're really proud of you. Really proud of you. Let him know how much you appreciate him. Okay, we're going to go ahead and dismiss. Remember, if you want to help clean, let Christy know. And I think they're still working, but they didn't say they needed any help over there. Just painting. So, anyway, let's pray and hope to see y'all back Wednesday night. We'll have a new preacher on Sunday. So excited. Yes, so y'all all show up and let him know how thankful that we are. Father, we just want to thank you for the word tonight, God. Thank you, Father, for showing up here in our presence, God. We just want to bless everybody here, Lord, for their week this next week. Keep us all safe, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.